The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, editor-in-chief at arrowheadpride.com, Pete Sweeney, and former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. Here we go. <laughs> she said your name, Sean. Yeah, she said I like your name. That. I didn't hear that before. Arrowhead Pride Radio Editor-in-Chief Pete Sweeney here with the former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. The American Dream. Yes, Dusty Likens. Pushing all the right buttons behind the glass. On a day when the Oakland Raiders released Derek Johnson, which we'll get to, I think the bigger news of the day is the fact that the Chiefs brought back in Jeff Allen. Sean, when you heard that news, what were you thinking? Uh, I was a little bit more excited about the Derek Johnson because I'm on the defense side of the ball. Uh, DJ is kind of like a little bro to me, so it was good to see, hopefully, have him back in Kansas City in some capacity. Uh, we're going to disagree on that. We're going to disagree on that. I know it is, but I got I got to let my heart speak more than my head. But Jeff Allen uh, with the, uh, you know, with uh, Mitch Morris going down and, and the offensive line getting a little – in a little thin. Um, I like having uh, Allen back in the building. Let's set the scene for this. So you have Sunday happening, right? You're already down to LDT. LDT is the starting right guard for this team. It just went onto his Instagram. He had his surgery on his leg. He looks like it's going to be a long recovery. I don't know if you're going to see LDT back. It was a little bit more complicated than the Chiefs had first thought. Mitch Morris goes down with a concussion. He's got a history of concussions. He suffered two during the 2015 NFL season, one that kept him out of the playoffs. Morse can't really catch a break here when it comes to injuries. He had all those foot issues last year, so now he misses towards the end of 2015, big chunk of that season in the playoff games, or he had missed one regular season game in the playoff games because of that. Then that last year he has the foot injury. Now he has what seems to be a bigger concussion problem because he's uh, out of the fold enough for Jeff Allen to come in the building. Was wondering about Jeff Allen, the player. So I contacted Mike DeVito, wasn't able to come on with us because he said his boys were a little under the weather. He's taking care of them. But he did say this. Played with Jeff Allen from 2000 to two, uh, 2013 to 2015. And he goes, Jeff Allen is one of the most violent linemen I had ever gone up against. He's tough as nails. Sean, what does Jeff Allen mean for this team? You think he fits right into that right guard position with Jordan Devy maybe taking that center with Morse out for the foreseeable future? The, the one thing I do know about the offensive line position is you can replace skill level with nastiness. 
Uh, when I was in Philadelphia, we had some of the nastiest offensive tackles. You're not saying Jeff Allen's not skillful, are you? I don't, I don't even care if he's skillful because he's so nasty and he's able to grind it out and grit it out. A lot of time you can replace uh, foot mobility and all that other kind of stuff with just pure grit. And so to, to, for having a guy on the defensive side of the ball saying, hey, man, you know, I played it with him three years, and that's basically the nastiest offensive lineman I know. I like to hear that. That's what I want to hear from guys coming back into the building. Jeff Allen was originally drafted by the Chiefs, and all indications said in the locker room that you know he's a, a favorite among the offensive line. Uh, of course, in 2016, he goes to the Houston Texans on a four-year deal. He, too, had some concussion issues. They released him with an injury settlement. All of a sudden, he's back with the Chiefs today. Sean, the corresponding move was the release of your boy, Leon McClay. You know what I'm saying? Can't, can't, can't catch a break. Leon can't catch a break. McQuay, um, I, I would have loved to see if he was the one matched up with Gronk on that last play. Do you think, I, you think I, he get, gets picked up here, or you think he's just back with the Chiefs on the practice squad again? Uh, probably back with the practice squad. I mean, I think, like I said, a lot of things about the, the young uh, guys in the secondary, young defensive players in general, um, it's just, you know, when you, when you see them on the practice field, I, just don't, I don't think they're making enough plays and making enough splash on the practice field to deserve playing time. So a lot of times you just haven't seen them at their best. Um, I think McQuay probably played an okay game, played you know, a number of special team snaps. But obviously by the time it was time to, to hit the field, uh, Josh Shaw saw more playing time than him. In 22 when was, snaps. When it was time to zero coverage, it was time to go and put somebody on Gronk. They felt more comfortable with Shaw out there than my man McQuay. So that says that, you know, as a coaching staff, they must be a little bit more comfortable with Shaw. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I've heard some good things from the people out of Cincinnati about Shaw. I don't know if we've seen it quite yet in Kansas City. Hopefully we will. Other Chiefs news today, NFL VP of Football Operations Troy Vincent. He weighs in on that Breland Speaks play. Breland Speaks to Tom Brady. Dead to rights. Fourth quarter and third down. Of course, Orlando Skandrick takes that defensive holding penalty, so it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But he lets Brady go. Third and goal. Say about the sack, it looked like he almost had uh, Tom Brady down there right at the end, and then just... yeah, he got he got out of it. You know, um, I don't think Breland's gonna miss many of those, but Tom's a big, strong guy, and he uh, he got himself out of it. Um, you know, and made a play. Okay, Tom may be a big, strong guy, but Breland speaks as a monster. <laughs> Tom Brady pump fakes on the play. Breland speaks who later said he was thinking about all the new NFL rules, said, okay, he thought the ball was out of his hands. I'm going to let him go so I don't take a roughing the passer penalty. Obviously, this made waves around the National Football League because there's been this problem with the rules changing and the changing of play. And today, Troy Vincent, who is the VP of Football Operations with the NFL, said this. I looked at the video and Tom Brady moved up and the player missed a tackle. Troy Vincent with some big words here. He missed an opportunity to make a sack. We've seen Tom step up thousands and thousands of times. In that particular situation, he stepped up, then he wound up running in the end zone. But that is the one thing we always want to remove from a player's mind is doubt. And we think we continue to educate, showing players what their peers are doing to make plays.
But in that situation, it's something we have seen Tom do year in and year out. Step up in the pocket, avoid a sack, and wind up running into the end zone. Listen to me. I ain't seen it. Listen to me. I haven't seen that. I, like, I, I listened to the words. I read the words. Now I've listened to you say the words. I can't say I have seen Tom Brady shake off players, this big, strong guy we're talking about, elude people and run into it. I've seen him going in a sneak, one-yard sneak behind, you know, in between He's the center's legs and stuff like done that. Done the sneak hundred. I mean, we've seen what? The sneak hundred, hundreds of times. Yeah, no I big, mean, strong. it's been 20 years now. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, nope, this big, strong, uh, elusive image they're trying to project of Tom Brady is just not, to me, is not correct. It, obviously, Braylon did, did not. What is, Braylon, like, did, when he, you didn't, hear, he like, didn't hit him. He, did, he didn't come full force with the intentions of putting Brady down. And I got to say, the reason he didn't, because he had a little bit of a uh, something you've, on his mind. He you've seen Tom step up into the pocket, but scramble? Never. Troy Vincent makes it out that Tom, on a week-by-week basis, like a Russell Wilson or even an Aaron Rodgers hey. to an extent, is running for first downs. Tom stands. Tom's a great freaking quarterback. He stands there in the pocket and makes it rain. That's what he does. <laughs> He, he, he ain't scrambling on the reg, and, and it's something that Breland Speaks is used to. Clearly on the play, there's multiple angles. You can find him online. There's one in Arrowhead Pride from Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst. You can find right now on his Twitter profile. You can clearly see after the pump fake, Breland Speaks let him go. Not only is that a Chiefs problem because, yes, he should be finishing the play, but in the grand scheme of things, this is an NFL problem. Well, it's, it's kind of in the same family as the defensive line when they – jump off sides, and then they don't finish the play. And that was letting offensive plays continue, free shots in the end zone for the quarterback. And so they got rid of that by just blowing every play dead, right? Defensive guys uh, gets, gets called for offsides, encroachment. They just call the play dead. They don't give the free plays anymore to the offense. Sooner or later, they're going to have to do something with the quarterback in the same, in the same instance. If, if it looks like you're about to lay a woo lick on the quarterback, they're going to have to just go ahead and blow the whistle and say, hey, it was a uh, a big hit about to happen, and we're going to protect the quarterback before it actually happens, and we're going to blow the play dead. You played in a point in time in the league where hitting was highly encouraged. If you were still in the league today, Sean, how would you respond to some of these changes? Um, it's one of two ways. Either either you come harder and you start pile driving guys a few times to, for the league to get the, the point that you know you, you can't protect this guy. Or you change the way you hit. You you, you just um, I saw Aaron Donald uh, about two weeks ago uh, pick up and slam. I think Kirk Cousins when he was playing the Minnesota Vikings. I think that was him. He he, he just picked him up and ragdolled him and slammed him to the ground. I think quarterbacks have more of a chance getting hurt that way than just a normal tackle. Is it, they've been getting tackled since high school. They, they've been tackled many times. Everybody knows how to get tackled. Eli Mann is probably one of the greatest guys quarterbacks. Is, how to take a tackle, how to fall the right way. It's just the league has decided to take uh, actions into their own hands. And as a, as a, in, in, in a response to that, players are going to have to learn how to tackle a different way. So be, be, uh, be on the lookout for the DDT coming. The DDT. <laughs> I like that. He's former Chiefs linebacker Sean Barber. I'm editor-in-chief Pete Sweeney. You're listening to Hourhead Pride Radio. We will tackle the DJ question up next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. All right, Pride Radio, Editor-in-Chief Pete Sweeney, former Chief Linebacker Sean Barber, 
We're at it till 7, until bank at night. But Sean, we have a question to address. And it's not a question I believe we should even be having to answer. But this is Kansas City, and in Kansas City, we love our athletes, don't we? I like it, I like it. Come on, man, bring the question. The Oakland Raiders released the Chiefs' all-time leading tackler today in Derek Johnson. Big mistake. The Chiefs had released Johnson back in mid-February. They were trying to get young. Veach, the GM of the Chiefs, said they were moving on. On May 4th, Sean, may the 4th be with you, Johnson became an Oakland Raider. And fast forward, here we are, October 16th, the Raiders release Johnson. First question here, and listen very carefully. I'm listening. Should the sure. Chiefs be interested in bringing him back? The 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 the, the bold face, bold, broad, easy answer is yes. The Chiefs should be interested in bringing DJ back. Now, in what role that is is where things get a little bit more tricky. The playing time for a linebacker, um, definitely of his age and stature at this point, is not. It's not an every-down backer. It's not even a, really a situational backer. It's He's coming in to be a goal-line backer. He's coming in to play in rundowns uh, with good or bad knees, no matter what age you are. He can read a guard pull and fill a gap like no other. That's one thing when DJ gets downhill, he can finish off a run the right, the right way, drive his feet. He tackles on the rise. He's a thumper. He's a hitter. If you hear me and Joe Mays talking, on a Monday morning quarterbacks, I mean, Monday morning linebackers in the afternoon. Um, we talk about just that. We talk about how the, the tenacity as, as a linebacker position, the leadership, the, uh, the aggression that you must have to pull that trigger is is not something that everybody has. It's not comfortable. It's not nice. It's a, it's a little dirty. It's a little, you got to have a little swag, a little chip on your shoulder. And I think DJ was born with that. He has that innate, innate nature to get downhill and play with the right, pad level and so yes i would like to see him back at the right number of course how many how much how much percentage of snaps oh if, if we play in 65 snaps i would like to see dj out there for no more than 10 snaps 10 snaps 10 to 12 great worth snaps. it for the leadership in the room oh definitely worth it for the leadership in the room as far as when you talk like accountability is something that sometimes get overlooked uh, players being able to look at one another in the eye and know when they missed a play or somebody else, hey, man, you're supposed to have that. Um, not, not saying that's something that's not going on, but having a guy who has had over uh, – how many tackles DJ had with the Chiefs? About 1,000? Over 1,000. Over 1,000 tackles with one organization. Um, 13 years. He, he is the definition of what it is to be part of the kingdom. And I think if he has anything left in his tank, then he needs to be able to be a part of this – run to the playoff, impossible run to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I want D.J. back um, as a situational linebacker, and if not that, um, as an assistant coach. Something I've seen floating uh, around on Twitter, the pro football focus grades for the Chiefs inside linebackers this year. Pro football focus is the analytics program used by Chris Collinsworth. A lot of people around the NFL trust it. I don't. I know you don't. We're going to read it anyway. Hitchens for 2018. A defensive score of 36. Ragland, score for 2018, 43.5. DJ, 65.2. 
Is this like golf? Is like is the higher score the better? Or the low? I'm getting confused. Is a higher score better that or a lower score? Ended better? up working out. My second question, Sean. We asked: Should will the Chiefs be interested in bringing DJ back? Probably not. Um, first of all, I think they they probably think it's an insult to once you release a guy right. to bring him back, especially at the number you're going to ask him to come back for. Um, Obviously, there's been trade rumors and in, in, in acquiring other other talents in the defense. And if you're going to spend money there, that's less money to spend elsewhere. So, it might be the situation where they're they're just uh, trying to get all as much money piled up as possible to go all in on a different position. So, maybe that's not a position they they, they see right now as a as a true need. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, for what, whatever addition you make, you have to release somebody. And I don't know if we are actually in a position with all the injuries to be super uh, super heavy at any other position, really, in order to, um, you know, uh, qualify to, uh, to need to bring another linebacker in. I could tell you what I think. The Chiefs defense hasn't been great. They're the worst unit statistically in the NFL. But Brett Veach is not going to bring De- Derek Johnson back. He had a meeting with him after the season. DJ was on this radio station with Fesco in the morning. And he said that he had his conversation with Veach and his mind was made up. That's not going to change because of how the Chiefs have been doing this year. The Chiefs have been going with this narrative that said these guys just need to play with each other. And the more they play with each other, the better they'll become. Uh. As much as it would be a fairy tale story, I just don't see it happening. I've been wrong before. Yeah. I've been right before, but, but I've been wrong before. Didn't they have the same feeling about Ron Parker? Like, I mean, wasn't Ron, like, you know, there was a point where they was ready to move on from him. His skill set just wasn't what they thought they were going to have. And then, I mean, I know that was because of an injury need, had to um, bring him back into the fold before week one. But I don't know. I mean, if you if you feel like what's going on out there is not what you envisioned, then, then maybe that, that vision of going another path, you can kind of revisit that vision and see if there is a possible way for a guy with some great, you know, he might be a little long in the tooth, but guy with some great instincts. Uh, Does it make a difference that Eric Berry and Justin Houston are the leaders of this team, but they're they're not on the field right now? Oh, it's definitely hard to really. It's hard to lead by by words and not by actions if you're not when you're not on the field. Because when you go through a 13 play drive, a 10 play drive, you, know, you give up a third and 13 or something like that. Like you, you really don't have any any ear for anybody who wasn't out there with you. Right. And we understand it's a, it's a team game and come to the side and the guys on offense saying, hey, man, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll score. You know, hey, don't, don't worry about that drive. We'll, you know, we'll score. We're we'll, we going we gonna to keep close. We're going to stay close. Eventually, you don't want you you to hear that. You want guys just to be accountable for their alignment, their assignments, execution. And I think that's a top-down type philosophy. I mean, from the coaching standpoint, from the teammate standpoint, even from the fan standpoint, we, just, we want guys to be accountable and uh, be able to kind of answer the mic, answer the call when when it's time for the defense to rise up. I think we'll see that. It's just how fast, whether it's going to be week thirteen or week seven. We're going we're going we're going to see the true the true Chiefs defense stand up at some point during the season. We'll see. Chiefs release DJ. He has now been released by the Raiders. We'll see if he lands with the club, whether that be the Chiefs or somewhere else in the National Football League. A man who left the Chiefs before they could release him is our Arrowhead Pride injury expert, Aaron Borgman. 12 years of as an athletic trainer in the league. Aaron, you had a nice article uh, up this week about uh, Armani Watts and the core muscle surgery uh, that he had. We saw a tweet from Armani that said the surgery was successful. What's next for Armani Watts and how does he get back to this Chiefs lineup? 
Well, thanks for having me tonight, guys. Uh, regarding Amani, uh, I think what we talked about in the article is that, <coughs> excuse me, it's a pretty progressive rehab. Um, there's some detail there in the first couple of days. But the funny thing about this rehab is, unlike other things where rest is prescribed, you actually have to walk a mile the very first thing. Uh, that seems crazy to a lot of people, but um, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you actually want the repair to scar in, and uh, that's the most common way to do it, and the easiest way to do it out the gate. Now, you, you said the first thing that you do is walk a mile once you get the surgery. Just in your own uh, imagination, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've done it ever before, but what's the pain level when you're doing that? You know, it's interesting because uh, I've seen guys, like I said in the article a little bit, it'll take forever to do it. I've seen guys that knock it out. Uh, <laughs> it obviously depends on the level and the extent of repair. If you had the abs taken care of, excuse me, not the abs, but uh, rectus abdominis, the uh, the groin at the same time if you've had one side or both uh, there's a lot of variables uh, that being said uh, you can imagine that something that's connected to your pelvis it's not the most comfortable thing in the world but it's one of those deals where activity actually does help your pain level a little bit now you're going to be sore but uh, that's all part of the process I have a feeling Sean Barber would be more like a eight to ten minute guy I would be the hour I would be the hour long mile coming out of core muscle surgery. Aaron actually has some hands-on, uh, you know, history as far as rehabbing me. He don't. He might not talk about it, but he, <laughs> I didn't know he's that. helped me through a couple of uh, couple of different issues, and I, I kind of take my head off. I might joke with him a lot, but I actually appreciate the way he helped me rehab and continue my career. Sean reaffirming. I appreciate it, Sean. Sean reaffirming our expert, which I appreciate as hey, well. One, one of the best in the business, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Aaron, we saw Mitch Morse suffered a concussion. You know, he has a little bit of a history of concussions. I think the Chiefs were concerned enough to go and get Jeff Allen, bring him back into the fold. We'll see how he fits into the mix Wednesday. We'll hear from Andy Reid. Uh, just when it comes to concussions, uh, how do, do they vary from player to player? And in your experience, just what, what do you know about how you know teams deal with them and react to them? Yeah, so it's an excellent question. Um, concussions are crazy. Uh, we have a saying that if you've seen one concussion, you've seen one concussion. Hmm. Because even between athletes, if they have two a year or one a year or one every five years, uh, they can be completely different. And it's totally dependent upon the mechanism, what areas were affected. Is your balance center affected? Are your eyes affected? Are both affected? Are neither affected? And so just to give you, for instance, uh, a couple years back we had an athlete that had a concussion was uh, – you, we don't grade anymore, but you would say that this one was a minor one uh, because he returned to play the following week. Uh, much later in the season, uh, after he had played you know, several times, he suffered another concussion, and that one set him back. It was different. He had different symptoms. Right. He couldn't do things that he could do before. Uh, and so even after you've been cleared, if you have one years later, they can still be completely different. So uh, without knowing any specifics, and we're not going to find those specifics out just because that's the way things go, right. but you can, you can say that this concussion that's affecting this athlete uh, probably is, com- you know, I won't say completely different, but probably has different characteristics than the last one he suffered. Yeah, again, those concussions keeping out of the postseason uh, back in 2015. A guy that was there uh, was Jeff Allen, and Jeff Allen uh, was a second-round pick by the Kansas City Chiefs back in 2012 and spent uh, 2012-2015 with the Chiefs, and that was right along the lines of when you 
Aaron were with the team. Uh, you started in 2013, and, and you were there for uh, Allen's uh, years uh, from 2013 on. When it just comes to Jeff Allen, the guy, what have the Chiefs have back uh, in uh, the offensive lineman? Uh, you know, listen, I think the world of Jeff, he was a great uh, teammate. He was a great guy to have in the training room to joke around with and poke fun at, and then he'd give it right back to you. I think that's what you're getting. I think you're getting a great teammate and a guy that uh, uh, is well-loved in the locker room, a guy that's well-respected for his years of experience, a guy that uh, can provide a lot of knowledge either to younger guys or just people that are fresh to the system. Uh, I think that Jeff, I think the world of Jeff is a person um, I'll let the football people talk about the football stuff, but uh, they're getting a great guy. They're getting somebody who has a lot to offer. That voice is the voice of our Arrowhead Pride injury expert, Aaron Borgman. You can catch his articles on ArrowheadPride.com. He's the owner of Borgman Rehab Solutions. Thank you for your insight tonight, Aaron. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Sean. Hey, hey Ron in the building. <laughs> your chance to win 1000 on the 30s. Plus something we call Hot Take Tuesday. It's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Arrowhead Pride Radio taking you right up to 7 o'clock. Bink at night. Pete Sweeney here with the former Chiefs linebacker, Sean Barber. And Sean, Tuesday has become famous for National Football League fans for overreactions, reactions, power rankings, hot takes. The Chiefs pretty much were three across the board today, dropping one rank, uh, mostly in most rankings by the New England Patriots. But there were a number of hot takes uh, that you hear from across the airwaves, across radio stations, TV shows. And we're going to start... With Stephen A. Smith. Okay, Stephen A. Patrick Mahomes. Oh. 23 of 36, 352 yards, mm-hmm. four touchdowns, two interceptions. We understand what's going on here. We can sit up there and act like we don't know if we don't want if we want to. But Patrick Mahomes has looked like something special. I had the pleasure of interviewing him on this very show Friday afternoon, and I thank him for his time. I had to apologize on national television. In national radio, this is the fifth consecutive game of his six starts. His last five games, five, he's passed over 300 yards. Right now, if league MVP honors were handed out, he would win. He would win. We can sit up there and bring up Todd Gurley. We can bring up Tom Brady if you want to, the way New England's looking right now. But right now, the leading candidate for league MVP, I ain't saying the rookie of the year. I didn't say that. I said league honors for league MVP, league leaders for league MVP. Patrick Mahomes is at the top of the list. That's courtesy of ESPN. Is Patrick Mahomes your league leading MVP, Sean? Uh, 100% right now he is. Um, He is Set records in the first three games, set records in the first four games. His touchdown and interception ratio was off the chain, has been off the chain. Um, His progression as a leader of this offense, as far as the way he recognizes defenses, the way he processes information, the adjustments he's been making on the sidelines, is something the league has not seen yet from a young, basically his first year as a first-year quarterback. Um, I just don't think the league has seen somebody progress this fast 
with the arm as talented as one Showtime Patrick Mahomes. And so, yes, he would be my uh, MVP right now if we had to put uh, one vote in for the honors. Yeah, I don't think there's any other choice right now, especially coming off four touchdowns and two interceptions against the Patriots. I just don't think there's a quarterback in the league playing as good as Mahomes. Let's go to Tony G. Tony had some critical words of Patrick Mahomes uh, from Sunday night. I, at that first quarter, he didn't play well. He did not play well. Like, no, the game was too big for him. No, no, he missed He missed two guys. He missed Travis Kelsey and I think Tyreek Hill early on a slant. They were wide open. Yeah, those are 14 points. Instead of six points, you get 14 points. They win the game last night, and maybe they, they can explode from there. Uh, but I love him. First, you got to recognize the source, all right? Coming from Tony Gonzalez, one Tony G, he act like he ain't never had a, 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 a subpar half of football in his whole career. I know he's caught over a thousand balls for a million yards and about 500 touchdowns in his Hall of Fame career, but Tony G has had slow starts too. He's had drop ball. He'll tell you he's never dropped a ball. He can remember that's because he has a bad memory. Uh, but there's been times that I can think of, especially in that 2003 season, that uh, a slow start to one of those playoff games versus the Colts <coughs> and a pass interference in the end zone. <coughs> <laughs> cost the Chiefs a couple of points in a game that could that came Fight down to words. one score. So let's not be so hard on the, uh, the, the, the the second year quarterback for those Kansas City Chiefs. This easy there, Tony G. Easy. And Sean, we have one more hot take, and it comes from the Arrowhead Pride tailgate from Uh-oh. yours truly. You were in here the other night, so I wanted to play this thought for you. Listen very closely to my words Uh-oh. from the Arrowhead Pride tailgate going into the season, I think a lot of fans knew that this team wasn't going to go 16-0. The schedule was too tough. Looked at the schedule at the beginning of the season and you were hoping to maybe get out of the first six games 3-3. Three and three, That would have been amazing. Maybe 2-4. and four. Mm-hmm. So keeping in mind that you're going to lose a game, losing to the Patriots against Tom Brady in New England? Alright, not, not the worst in the world. Not bad. Reportedly, Tom Brady... After the game, ran up to Patrick Mahomes, making sure to congratulate him on a great game played, wanted to have a few words. To me, what does that say to me? It means your quarterback, Kansas City, is in that like elite club where you have probably the greatest quarterback of all time making sure he's going out of his way to go say hello. Your guy's in it. Do you think Mahomes already is elite? I would say he is. From a talent level, yes. But you got to put some stats. You got to put some wins. You got to put a couple, a little bit of hardware. As we know, um, you can get into baits at all kind of bars. And uh, how good is Marino? How good? There are a lot of quarterbacks that put up a lot of stats. I think the feeling now, if a quarterback hasn't won at least two Super Bowl rings, yeah. it's hard. To, you just saved yourself from Joe Flacco right there. I see you, what you you're saw doing. Me, you I saw see what that two in there. I see what you're doing. Uh, and, and by saying two, I kind of leave out Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Because I think everybody thinks that in Aaron Rodgers' career so far with the Packers, to only have played and have one Super Bowl win is a little bit short with the amount of talent he has been given. So I'm going to say that one patty cake Mahomes is an elite level quarterback, but to go down as one of the greatest or to think about the torch being handed off, um, I think we got a few seasons to see if he can get not only in the AFC Championship game and bring that Lamar Hunt trophy back to Kansas City, please, but to get a Super Bowl ring and a Super Bowl championship here to the kingdom.
Well, I disagree. I just think he's hot. I think he's elite right now, but I, I see your point. You want to see some you want to see some hardware at Arrowhead Stadium before you anoint someone. I like I like that anointing. I, I'm I'm about to go to Bible study in a little bit, so I like I like I like when you use words to get me in the spiritual realm. <laughs> I'm not gonna speak no tongues right now, but I like I like the fact that you know I do feel anointed. That is hot take Tuesday. That final sound was from the Arrowhead Pride Tailgate as driven by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac. And as you mentioned, you got a skedaddle in a few minutes. What's your final word headed into the week? I mean, you ha- you're coming off your first loss of the season. The Chiefs are still in first place in the AFC 5-1. and one. What should they be focused on this week as they prepare for Sunday night against the Cincinnati Bengals? I think what I've learned from the Chiefs in the first six games of the season is all they have to do is be who they are. They don't need to put on any Superman cape. I know Halloween is around the corner. Those that are seeing the Arrowhead Pride podcast or the Arrowhead Pride online might see me in a certain costume. Um, but it's not Halloween yet, so we don't need any Superman out there. We don't need anybody to put any kind of um, special powers. The team is good enough as is. The offense is great. The defense is getting better. We need to make sure we are primed and prepared to be playing at our best come January and not worry about w- what goes on week 7, 8, 9, all the way to week 16 and 17. The defense will come around. The guys will get uh, as they as they communicate and play more together, they'll get better. The offense got to stay healthy. The, the guys that are hurt get back to being healthy and good on the field. I don't really need to see too much more of Houston. I don't even need to see Barry until the last quarter of the season, which is weeks, what, 15, 16, and 17, I think, those three or four games, as they prepare for a deep, deep playoff run by your Kansas City Chiefs. Deep playoff run. Deep Arrowhead Pride Radio. We're back on Arrowhead Pride Radio, bringing you up to 7 o'clock, Bink at night. Jay Binkley, talking a lot of football, Chiefs football with you, college football, football intensive show. Uh, One thing that he'll be featuring on Bink at Night is something we call the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad, which features Kent Swanson, our lead draft and film analyst, uh, Matt Lane with offense. Craig Stout will be on with defense on Wednesdays with Bink at 8. Matt Lane will be on with offense on Wednesdays at 7.30 and the Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad will be on Bink at night, and that will be a weekly thing. So if you read some of their stuff online, uh, you can now hear from them. Jay will be talking to them all week, uh, along with X's and O's analysis, so on uh, and so forth. Tonight, he will have Patrick Mahomes' agent. His name is Lee Steinberg. Steinberg was also the agent of both Derek Thomas uh, and Tony G. Can't miss it. It's right after Arrowhead Pride Radio. Uh, Bink at night, beginning at 7 o'clock. But before we do that, we're going to read some of your tweets live on the air uh, right now. We'll just discuss some of the things that are on your mind. And from ASAP Brad, he is a frequent tweeter to Arrowhead Pride Radio. First question that he wants to know is, should he pick up the new Call of Duty? I don't know a ton about... 
the Call of Duty, but from what I hear, it's the professional man's Fortnite. So to me, I think that's a no-brainer. I can't tell you much about it because I don't, I don't know. I'm not a big first-person shooter guy, more of a Madden guy myself. This one from Jared Steele, and this is the first of what I've seen many DJ-related tweets coming our way on Arrowhead Pride and my personal account uh, at PG Sween. So is DJ signing tomorrow, or do we just make an announcement tonight? Because I'm ready to move Raglan to special teams and have a DJ and Hitchens tandem. It's funny how quickly the excitement of the Hitman and Raglan goes away so fast. I mean, this was supposed to be the dynamic duo in in preseason. And then as the season has gone on, uh, at least on film, we've seen Anthony Hitchens struggle a little bit. Reggie Raglan has struggled to the point of, in some games, losing some playing time. And then all of a sudden, a fan favorite uh, is released from the Oakland Raiders, and Chiefs fans want him back. This isn't something that I'm not used to. For me, I've seen it a bunch of times with Jamal Charles, uh, and the Chiefs never wanted him back. I kind of feel like this regime in particular, Andy Reid, Brett Veach, they're not the type of guys who, once they move on from someone, are going to go and try to get him back. Next tweet from Bryce at Stick is Good. The fault of the defense lays at the feet of Veach and Sutton when it comes down to it. Is Veach willing to risk his own reputation to take the blame for personnel and save Sutton's job? It's quite a question right now because you have the number 31 defense down in Tampa Bay. They fired their defensive coordinator uh, just yesterday. And so you look and you say, okay, well, who's 32? It's the Chiefs. And I don't see the Chiefs making a move. Andy Reid has always defended his guy in Bob Sutton. And something I do for Arrowhead Pride every Monday is something called the re-up. It's a Monday column, and I write about a deeper thought in the game, and I try to incorporate some of you guys. One thing I include every week is a poll of the week. This week's poll of the week was, who do you blame for the Chiefs' defensive struggles? And I included Bob Sutton, Andy Reid, GM Brett Veach, XGM John Dorsey, owner Clark Hunt, or the players themselves. As it stands now, we got nearly 2,000 votes. 49% of our voter, voters at Arrowhead Pride say Bob Sutton. 35% uh, blame the players themselves. 10% for Brett Veach, 4% for John Dorsey, and a measly 2% for Andy Reid, 1% for Clark Hunt. So every other Chiefs fan right now is blaming Bob Sutton. About a third of Chiefs fans are blaming the players themselves. And these are polls that I usually trust. It's usually a good gauge because we got a lot of fans at Arrowhead Pride that come and weigh in. And this is something we've heard from last year. Uh, the fans being upset with Bob Sutton and the scheme. And to me, it's a bigger picture thing because you don't necessarily need the Chiefs to be the number one defense in the league with this offense. This offense is so good. You just need them to compete. I think you need them around, you know, the 15 to 20 mark. 25 mark and you should be okay i think you should threaten uh to you know make some waves in the postseason another uh, tweeter kjh317 says which ilb inside linebacker does dj replace if he come if this were to happen you'd assume it would be reggie raglan the guy with less snaps 
Again, bring back DJ. Bring back DJ. Uh, Steve, kind of mad. Stop stop telling fans that you're not true fans if they see a glaring weakness on this team. Defense. Do not waste a historic season with a 32nd ranked defense. Make changes. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Again, just people really upset with the defense. Kelly Hogan. Got to bring in a big-time defensive player at all costs. I know Barry is a hometown hero and Houston Premier, but any way to restructure their deals if you're Veach, they have to be aware their absence is holding their boys back and that a little extra cap room could equal a Super Bowl win. I can't imagine these guys restructuring their contracts. you got to be a special type of person to restructure their, your contract, and by a special type of person, that includes guys like Eli Manning and maybe Tom Brady will do it. You know, because the endorsements are there enough to make up for some of the lost money and, and they look at it a certain way and about Super Bowls. I can't ever look an athlete in the face or look a person in the face and say, okay, you're not living up to your contract. Take a pay cut. And that's what a contract is. It's both sides. None of these athletes uh, really have anything guaranteed, especially in the NFL. I don't think you can ask a guy to take a pay cut. Keith McLean. Is there any positivity left, or can we start flying a banner over Arrowhead? I keep telling you, Bob Sutton is the scapegoat here. I'm not sure if he deserves it. I think there's a lot of blame to go around. I think Bob Sutton certainly uh, deserves some of it because you're seeing a lot of basic mistakes by Chiefs players when it comes to tackling and and really the basic aspects of the game. But this is a bigger problem. I mean, you you look at Brett Veach. Uh, and some of the personnel that he's brought. This was an all-defensive draft, so you spend your draft on all-defensive players. Dorian O'Daniel's a guy I look at that he said was supposed to contribute um, quite more, uh, a bit more uh, than he has been uh, thus far this season, and, and, and to me, that he deserves a piece of that blame. Andy Reid, if you want to blame Bob Sutton, you, you got to blame Andy Reid because he kept him here. So I think there's just a lot of blame to go along, and you have the players themselves. I think the players themselves deserve... Um, a little bit of the blame. Those are your tweets uh, for this week. Coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Bink at night. Close friend of mine, Jay Binkley, a football-intensive show. I'm telling you, I know this guy. No one knows football like Jay Binkley. Going through some of the X's and the O's, he'll be having Arrowhead Pride Nerd Squad members on all week long. That'll happen every uh, single week. Tonight, he'll have Patrick Mahomes' agent, Lee Steinberg. He'll join Bink, and don't forget, Steinberg was also the agent of both Derek Thomas and Tony G. Uh, that's Bink at Night coming up next. Next time you could find Arrowhead Pride radio content will be the Arrowhead Pride tailgate as driven by Albright Buick GMC Cadillac, and that will be coming to you this Sunday at 5.20 p.m. We'll once again be leading you into Sunday night football. I'll be out at the stadium all week long, getting you ready for the challenge that is the Bengals. And my whole thing right this week is don't let the Patriots beat you twice. Get ready for the Bengals. Get back on track. My name is Pete Sweeney. You heard Chiefs linebacker Sean Barber, former Chiefs linebacker behind the glass. Dusty Likens. Thanks, Dusty. I'm Pete Sweeney. Thanks for listening. Tarahead Pride Radio.
This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.